kick it way back. James Harden with the range on me, nigga, way back. Homie stars switching lanes, I thought we went way back. I can't get no rest. Welcome back to the Popular Man Podcast. I'm your host, Jay. With me today, I have my co-host, Cord. What's up, Cord? How you been? How you been? Keep the 40 on me like on Zubac. We got DeLon with us today. That's What's why I'm up, Michael Jordan of the citizens of Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> we got Cam with us What's today. What's up, what y'all? Y'all in the Suns Nation. And it's a crossover episode. We have one of the hosts from the New Faces podcast you on today. We got Bobby. What's, What's up, happening Bobby? with everybody? You know, I don't, I don't got my 40 on me today. So, you know, I'm I'm, I'm slightly. <laughs> not today. <laughs> not, not today. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm underdressed for today. You feel me? I'm lacking for right now. Rest peace to those who got caught without it. But you know what we do. <laughs> we give you, I can't believe Drake said that. You know what we do. We get uh, we give you our takes on basketball, music, everything in between. This is episode 72. We've done a lot of these. We've done a lot yeah, I of these. That. And I, just, I, I just wanted to ahead. say that, you know, I love my crew and everything like that. But it's it, oh, it's, it's good to be around some niggas once in a while. <laughs> 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 I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Welcome home, Bobby. <laughs> On the motherland yeah, podcast. I needed some, I needed some collard greens and cornbread in my life. <laughs> shout out, shout out to the South. You shout know. out to black people. Shout out shout to black melanated people. people. <laughs> we was Kane. <hanged. laughs> no, 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 no. Speaking, speaking of the speech, of the, speaking of the motherland. Uh, China. <laughs> what? Oh, <laughs> they, they are taking. They are taking over the mother. Bro, when he said that, I was, I was like, yeah. "Where's he about to take us with this segue?" I was like, "This sounds fire." And then, <laughs> no, mind, do you think? Okay, 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 okay. China is beefing with the NBA. Uh, Daryl Morey tweeted out, "Free Hong Kong, you know, free the guys," and uh, standing in solidarity with those who have been uh protesting trying you know for freedom in hong kong i believe uh shortly after the you know of course the i think the um i think the chinese are in a communist state i believe so something like that but it's more of an authoritarian state where they kind of control the media and control everything in the country and if there's something that's isn't the way they like it they pretty much shut it down hopefully hopefully anchor is not owned by (laughs) yeah the bad kind of communism hopefully anchor is not sponsored by china i don't know but or this won't go live. But uh, essentially, China has, has a problem with it, had beef with NBA, and they probably wanted the NBA to reprimand Daryl Morey. And, and there was even some talk in the beginning that maybe that the Rockets would uh, fire Daryl Morey because of the money that was being lost. Because you know the Rockets are like the biggest team over there in China. Yeah. It was a lot of money. It was a lot of money. But. It's a lot of money. It's so much money that teams and GMs are predicting that if this continues, that the salary cap will drop wow. by fifteen percent next season, which would be huge implications for teams like, you know, per se teams that want to get Giannis, who's going to be on the free market next season. Teams who who got just enough money to get another spot, you know, people are, you know speculating that the Lakers will go for Giannis. If they drop by fifteen percent, there will be no chance for them to sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those darn like yeah. fans. Yeah. Ain't they ain't but, even they like, but even like the Warriors who are t- who are allegedly gonna try to poach Giannis, 
they wouldn't have it. I don't believe they'd have the space either if this cap dropped by fifteen yeah. percent. Like it's, it, it would it would have severe implications on a lot of teams' um, pockets. But even beyond that, people are calling the NBA hypocrites for Uh-oh. yeah because you know the Hitman Games made the whole thing about yeah we stand up for people we we side with Kaepernick and stuff we let our we woke players league. we the woke league uh, we let our players speak their minds. But in this instance, while they have while they haven't reprimanded. Yeah, why they have not reprimanded Daryl Morey, and they haven't, um, and they haven't like tried to fire him, and they haven't said he was wrong. They haven't said that he was right. And players are having media availability taken away from them, and why they were in China, so they couldn't speak on the topic. So you know, further escalate things that were going on over there. Do you guys think that the NBA are hypocrites for not standing up and saying? That you know, they think the Chinese regime is wrong in their treatment of their people, or do you guys think that we're expecting too much from the NBA? What do y'all think? I think, in regards to their employee, they're hypocrites. Um, I think, in regards to the people of China, I don't think they're hypocrites. I do think they're wrong, though. Uh, I know, like a lot of things the NBA usually stands up for are that we've seen are usually race related, and they usually is a domestic thing. I haven't really seen them say much about the people over there, but in a human decency thing, they do owe it to the people of China. And as them being a very, very large market, you know, with the Chinese government, it's a partnership with them. You can't do it without them, but it's the people who are coming to see you play. It's the people who are signing up to play basketball against your teams. So as much as they like to NBA cares all over the world, they kind of look funny in the light because they aren't because they aren't speaking up against the chinese regime and the things they're doing to those who I'm actually not even, speak out and talk about i'm not even sure freedom. if it's like their need to speak up but they probably should have been the ones to pull the business out of there first because i know like a lot of people like mm-hmm. last year when the thing happened in Saudi Arabia, where the 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 king killed the journalist, blah blah blah. A lot of people stopped doing business with Saudi Arabia. Yep. Maybe that same thing possibly should happen with Hong Kong, and it should have happened before this instant. Now I can't tell these people how to run their uh, multi-billion dollar business. Business. Um, because uh, like I tweeted, I have all the right answers, but that's why I work in higher ed. So you know that ain't my job. But you know it probably should have come something before this. I mean, like it's kind of like how when North Carolina was going to have the All Star Game, but then like because of their stance against the LGP, the uh, you know, law. Yeah. yeah, the bathroom law. You yeah, know, you know what I was going to say. Because of the bathroom law, they did, they said no, we're not going to have it there because uh, until you know, the, you know, that fixed things. So it was there was that kind of stuff that makes it feel like okay, the NBA is recognizing that something's wrong, so they're going to not do business with those people. So the thing is, the NBA should find those things in China wrong. And if they are going by the same thing they did with North Carolina and other instances and they stood up for, um, you know, what they were saying, you know, let the players voice their opinions on, like, police brutality and stuff, then the league probably should have pulled out of China before this. But let me say, do y'all think the players are hypocrites? Because the players were staunchly, you know, voice their opinions on social issues and stuff, but now almost all of them haven't said a word about anything going on. Why? Easily, well, I think the the thing that shocked me the most was dudes from the West over there, because I think that, you know, Mm -hmm. other than the South, I think that the West is the most outspoken when it comes to issues and, you know, of any sort or kind, 
you know, um, LeBron has always been somebody that spoke up and, and, and spoke against any wrongdoing. But uh, he's not from the West. He's from Ohio. And I get that he's a bigger part of the organization. So he knows everything that's going on with the U.S. And he's supposed to be there to be that role model for everything that goes right with the U.S. But with with this particular instance, it's just like you see the dudes that are normally outspoken when it comes to any issue or anything that has to deal with anything. Um, and you see dudes like James Harden and Russell Westbrook just staying quiet and, and kind of letting uh, PR handle that role. And it's just like, I, I always abide by the come one, come all. If, you, if you're going to make one enemy, you got to make all enemies. And, you know, uh, yeah. if we're going to stand against white America and we're going to stand against the Taliban and, uh, and ISIS and all of that, yeah so it's just like the the trying to you know save face in this instance uh you got so many players you got so many people a part of organizations and as much as mm -hmm. the white man runs every company um you know this organization the most is probably filled up with black athletes and and uh you know, uh, athletes that are outspoken and, and, you know, do the right thing. And as far as, I don't even want to delegate this towards just black, uh, black America and black people, because we've had people like Greg Popovich and Steve Kerr who have stood up for things and, and, and spoke out against, uh, you know, wrongdoing against any type of people. Yeah. And, and yeah. Be quiet, so that, that, yeah, Steve Kerr was actually bold. Bold. As a matter of fact, it wasn't even quiet. He was like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Nothing. And I ain't never seen Steve Kerr fold like that. And the same thing with like Steph Curry. But I said, all credit Steph Curry for this is that he simply came out and said, truthfully, I really don't know about Chinese situation. Like, like this is my first time hearing about it. I know nothing about it. So I can't really give mm -hmm. you an opinion about it since I don't know anything. And that's fair because I don't feel like the average person before this instance with Daryl Moore's tweet ever gave it any thought or knew anything about the Hong Kong's current situation. Yeah. So it's kind of wrong to expect like on the spot, like, hey, you know, paying famous athlete who's a part of this organization that everybody's mad at, what's your opinion on this situation that you never ever gave much thought to? Is it that- I can't, I can't I, see people it, being so well-versed on international issues like that. Like, especially when it's domestic things like, I expect for, and that's just me, I mean, I, I'm not right in all the times, but I expect for people to be aware of domestic things that are happening inside the United States. International things, yeah. like the average person cannot tell you about the Hong Kong conflict, the Israeli conflicts, they can't tell you about all of these things, Pal they Palestine. Can't tell you about all these things. So I'm not yeah. going to expect someone to jump out on a ledge for, like, this is a very serious topic to just be expecting uh, J.J. Reddick to just have the answers. Now, granted, in that regard, for Daryl Morey, they should be speaking to the NBA about sticking up for their employee because that is one of them. That's NBA Players Association kind of thing, Coaches Association kind of thing. But outside of that, I'm not sure if I expect well, everyone to be aware. Well, see, well, see, Adam Silver spoke up and said that we back Daryl Morey and we, uh, we support him, but there was actually – they actually sent a letter out to China. They put two um, statements out with one in the English and one in Chinese. And the English one was actually saying that, hey, we back, you know, we kind of back Maury. We're, um, we're going to work, you know, work through this and all this stuff. But then they said that the Chinese interpretation, the one that was written in Chinese, it said it was a lot more 
what's the word a lot more um negative towards Maury, saying that they were yeah saying that it was ashamed of of his disgraceful behavior and all that stuff so it's like they, they try to nba is fine yeah. it makes the nba well yeah it makes nba it makes the nba look hypocritical but it makes the nba look hypocritical but i don't think the players themselves are hypocritical even though they used to speak up on topics like these but the thing is they used to talk about domestic problems to affect them because you know them being black males the main topic at hand is always has been you know you know like police violence and all the stuff that things that happen to black men so of course they have an opinion on that but of course they shouldn't just have a formulated already idea about the you know the mechanism the communism you know the rights and wrongs of you know you know the things that are going on in china so i can't call them hypocrites but it's it's well, going funny back life. to what you were saying about <clears throat> how this could take how this could shave you know 15 percent off the salary cap next season i think that i think that there's a fine line that we draw with doing what's right and worrying about financial things because, because like, yeah. because like, I feel like more people would be more willing to speak out about this if they didn't know. I mean, if they, if it didn't have the financial, um, if it didn't have the financial implications that it would have if we were to like actually, I won't say go to war, but you know, and, uh, and, speak out solely on what what we're against what they're saying. And that's what makes it look exactly. seem hypocritical because it makes it seem like you only want to speak uh-huh. up when you're not. You well, and if you look at and if you look at the instances in which we've spoken up, mo- most of them, if any of them, haven't had huge financial uh, implications. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, exactly. Because like the NBA wasn't going to lose money or viewership because yeah. most of the viewership is young people uh, and you know, more progressive yeah. Yeah. people, thinkers. So they weren't going to lose money in the same way the NFL would if they had yeah. really back Kaepernick. But now they're in a situation where if they, they'll literally lose an entire nation of viewership. Oh, yeah. One of the biggest yeah. nations, yeah, one of the biggest populations yeah. in the world you, if they you, choose to speak up. Yeah, like, nobody uh, cared about the All-Star game being in Charlotte anyway. Exactly. If you go back to if you go back to <laughs> if you go back to like older times even and you see like when Yao Ming was huge and they had shipped they had shipped Allen Iverson over there, you know, to go sign shoes for Reebok and shit like that over there. So it's like you you, you kind of get a sense of, yeah, we ain't trying to get rid of this money, homie. Yeah, I'm gonna say this. The only, the last thing I just want to say about this is people are saying that I expect the NBA players, the NBA to do something. I'm like, there's really nothing yeah. they can do. I mean, the NBA could come out and say that, hey, the NBA could, the bottom line, say, hey, Daryl Morey is right. Yeah. yeah, they could make, they could, they could, you know, yeah. make a stance. I, I will say that the NBA could make a stance, Revolution, and they're in the NBA player. No, no, no. The thing is, they can't start the revolution. They can't do anything about this situation, but they could at least say, hey, Daryl Morgan's is right. And the NBA players, the ones who actually are knowledgeable on the topic, could say the same thing. But people are really a- acting like the NBA players are supposed to go, you know, put, you know, get troops on the ground. <laughs> you know, we're going to send Giannis over there to fight. Here's my question. Do you think but, that people casual fans well i'll say fans fans will be upset that the nba doesn't stick up for daryl morey or will they be more upset nope. if they stick up for him the salary cap is reduced by 15 percent, and then <laughs> we don't have the same free agency the same offseason the same teams that we usually have i'm gonna say what the nba nba players i mean NBA, the casual fans would be like 
I don't even I don't even know if casual fans care about this stuff. I think that, like uh they just they really do. Like I ask my friends like right now, like most most of them don't even understand what's going on. But I asked somebody, I literally had somebody text me this morning and said, Jordan, explain this China NBA thing to me. Most of them don't even really yeah. know what's going on. It's more people who I are really to... in tune yeah. with politics or people who are really in tune with basketball that really care about NBA stance on these kind of things. Even then, I don't see those kind of people stop watching. But if they were to take a stance, they'll, you know, we would applaud them, pat them on the back. But when the money's lost, casual fans are going to, I don't think casual fans care about the salary cap. So I don't think I mean, they yeah. know 15% yeah. was gone. So I think ultimately, ultimately, the only people this will hurt yeah. will be the NBA's pockets. Yep. But the NBA can actually afford to lose it. So, but, you know, I ain't a business. Hey. And I know if I was a business, I wouldn't want to lose 15% of nothing. So hey, I'm going to say that right now. Was, the winners in this situation, the NFL and Jason Whitlock. <laughs> all right now yeah, say about the NBA and the NBA players is this this is what happens when you set expectations for yourself for a situation that Facts. you're not in the NFL had they issue because things like have a situation like I ain't saying I like I didn't agree with the NFL but I understood them Joe fighters military if you make them mad you lose a lot of money so I understood it when the NBA tried to come in, like, oh, look at y'all, y'all little situation. We would never fold like that. We would never be like, I highly doubt that they thought that this day would ever come. And now they folded. Nah, it looked bad. Nah, because the NBA's been comfortable dealing with domestic stuff. Like, you know, they're like LGBTQ issues. Yeah, like, like yeah. Uh, you know, police brutality. They're like, man, that was no brainers. We'll, we'll gladly side with that. Because, yeah. you know, even though the NFL doesn't but now with the majority of, I'm gonna say the majority going out heavy, heavy. You know, when a heavy international market is Chinese people, and you got deals with the government, and the people saying, "Well, hey, we want to protest." What I mean, like, like it really ain't nothing you can do but just say, "Hey, I rock with it." Like James Harden, yeah, like, he can't he can't step y'all back into freedom. He can't hit a one leg shot, you know, to keep or whatever. Like <laughs> it really ain't like all the like all the NBA can do is just. They can just say stuff that ain't gonna make a difference. But Steve Kerr, nah, man, he's probably heavy. I can't respect it. I'm gonna say this. I'll take it back. And Trump or one or two, he would get them tweets off. And he said, man, y'all had all this hot shit to say about me. Hey, I, I, I may be bad, but I ain't a dictator. Look at what they doing. I ain't hands on y'all. I ain't seen no troops to y'all crib. I'll be. Hey, wait. The Who's that James Harden fan that the Yeah. He was on Steve. Because think about it. Oh, Steve Kerr and Greg Pop has been on his neck for the past two years. So he looking at it like, oh, y'all ain't keeping the same energy with evil leaders. So yeah, like, you know, he enjoyed it. What pissed me off about that situation was that Steve Kerr had the audacity to come back and talk about that uh, Donald Trump is sinking low when it comes to him. But, you know, if you're going to say that, why why do you keep why do you keep going at, going at Donald Trump? That's exactly. true. That is true. I'll give him that. Look. Can't, can't, can't. It's not a two-way. It's, it's not a one-way street. But let's move on. We've been on this for a minute. Uh, Pitchfork released the top 200 songs of a decade list. Why did they release a, two, a top 200 songs of a decade list? None of us know. But there have there were some notals. There were some noticeable um rap entries in the top 50. And I just wanted to like read them to you guys, and I want to see your take on what y'all think is the most outrageous songs. So, uh, in the I'm, actually, I'm not gonna go top 50. I'm gonna just go top 25. So, in the top, some songs in hip hop that place in the top 25 
let's see. Well, FKA Twigs, her song Cellophane from this year was number 25. Uh, Drake, Hold On, We're Going Home <laughs> what? was number 21. Yes. Tons. Uh, Runaway by wow. Kanye West okay. was number 18. Okay. Okay. Uh, Rihanna Work featuring Drake was Timeless. number 15. Yeah. Uh, Chief Keef, oh, I don't wow. like. Okay. Was number thirteen. Respected. <laughs> number ten, Lil Uzi Vert, EXO Tour Like Three was number okay. ten. Oof, Top one 10 of the songs. most <laughs> last songs in the last five. Top ten. Top ten. Is that even a top five top Uzi song? <laughs> Is that even top five Uzi song? I tell you what, it's probably top five longest songs I've ever heard in my goddamn life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, hey, when well, the radio throw this song into the ground, that and every, every song that dude has been making since 2016 has been at least eight minutes. That shit just drags through the ground. Okay, hold on. Solange, Cranes in the Sky, yo, number you eight. To, yo. You got to shout out to my man Solange. Two, 212. By Azalea Banks. No, wait, no, wait, no, wait, wait. 212, and it deserves that spot. <laughs> Get it right, Chief. All right. I, I actually never heard, actually never heard mm-hmm. the song, so I can't it's speak a fine on song. it. It's song. But I just yeah, hey, hey, Azalea Banks apologist. Hey, man. She was that girl when this song came out. <laughs> I was wondering why she was hot. Top number. I guess because that one song, I guess. I'm going to say this, like, like her whole. <laughs> I'm gonna say this, hun. Like all the hype she been getting for her career is because of that one song, Loki. They just deserve it because everybody hates her, but she's still yeah. famous. So I guess you gotta get the like, power of that song. Act Loki, I think I found out about this song because of Pitchfork when it came out. Like they was like versus song of the year. That sounds like a disco gig song. <laughs> hey man, it was hard. We though. not hold up, but we not we not putting Iggy Azalea's uh, fancy at number two. It's not. The night is still young. No, Bobby. The night is still that. young. The night is still young. <laughs> night is still young. Number five. Number five is Frank Ocean. Thinking about you. Okay. I actually like that. I actually like that placement. Number four is Formation I by Beyonce. Ooh. I can see it. Back more Ryan Lewis. Uh, oh, okay. Not, not, um, not hip hop. But I know you appreciate this chord. Grimes by Oblivion by Grimes okay. was number two. Hey, Oblivion. Ah, huh? uh, you yes. know what? You know what? I do like this song, but I wouldn't. I would have put like any other ground box with it. And then number one, the best song of the decade was Kid Lamar. All right, what's number one? <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 okay. I'm gonna say this: if we go into <laughs> uh, impact, the stuff he was talking about, everything going in the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Damn, part of, part of, part of me feels like they made it that the number one song because they yeah, felt yeah. like they were supposed to make that the number oh, one they, song. Oh, they had to. I no 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 no. I'm gonna oh. say this though: people gonna be no, singing at their protests like 50 years from now. So he, he, I understand it. But see, the thing is, like, I'm not quite sure what they did. Like, I can't even begin to think what the criteria was for this. <laughs> I'm not gonna even try to pretend like I knew because it can't be the most popular song. Yeah, it ain't because uh, Oblivion is Banks song. Yeah, and Azalea Banks song would not have I, been in top six if that was the case. Right Here's the criteria. They called everybody at Complex, and they brought in Matt, Jimmy, Joe, and... Uh, <laughs> Matt, Jimmy, Joe? <laughs> Matt, Matt, Jimmy, and Joe, and they brought him in and they said, well, guys, we just, uh, we, we need to come up with 200 songs. And uh, what do we love? I, 
now, now I know. Now I know why it's called Pitchfork. That's a bar. That's a bar. <laughs> that's that is that's a bar. I I, I got dropped a flex bomb out of this, but um, <laughs> tell flex to drop a bomb. But anyway, uh, yeah. So it can't be the best songs either. Like they can't. There's no way they think these are like the best songs because there's no way nobody thinks that the best song Drake made this decade was just hold uh, on, we're going home. Going home yeah. yeah, or his best feature was on work, and there's no way nobody thinks work was on his best song. There's no, and even like even if you could, I can't even see you thinking that, like you know, all right, it's Kendrick's best song. So it can't it's be like, yeah. best song so that album. popularity. I will, I will say this though, we gotta look at it from their perspective. Pitchfork has always kind of been like a. I don't want to say white, but like, like it's, it's like a very like indie type. I'm in Brooklyn. Like it's like like indie type hipster, like any type of different type of music. So if they looking at a rapper, that, yeah. they're not thinking it. They're not thinking of the most rap centric song. They thinking like, what was the one song that I really love? So artsy. Yeah, they going yeah, they artsy, artsy exactly. to anything. Like they love Grimes, they love Sophie, Azalea Banks, and Lord. You know artists like that. So they looking at rappers, they looking at it like, man, I really love All Right. It makes me feel like I did the right thing in the world. You know, they probably looking at it like this. <laughs> Another thing that I see is, no. I'm not sure about the rest of the songs that weren't rap, but all the rap songs they picked were an artist single. Oh, yeah. They're an artist single. So they, I'm, I really doubt Pitchfork's, Pitchfork has heard Sing About Me and things like that. Big so facts. they're gonna pick the lead single off every album. Well, we know Kendrick had this one, exactly. blah blah blah. So when they think so, of you know. and it, they're not gonna put war on there, they're gonna put Lil Sosa. They look they know Lil Sosa. But yeah, it, it, my, that's but I'll say I don't like I don't like was a moment though. Like that I, was actually a moment exactly. this decade in rap. So I can understand like that choosing that song as one of the best songs, even though it but might not be even, Chief Keith's best song. Like I understand making that war, but I understand. But then, yeah, but I guess like maybe like the songs that have maybe like you know how we made like the impact like you, yeah. we try to make a um, I don't like what's impact all decade list and we say the song for the most impact yeah 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 but then even then I don't think like but then we go by that metric I don't think EXO tour life was a top ten even if we go back even if we go back <laughs> to the indie ambient you know uh thing in, that we were speaking on that we feel like you know they're, they're more indie or ambient style. It's just like even the songs yeah. that they picked were very, they were very like, they they weren't popular songs. Like if you go towards artists yeah. like Mitski or you go or you go about the the song Electric Field, which everybody knows, um, yeah. like th- those are songs that like everybody knows. So I'm just like, who's who's top two hundred was this? Yeah, it's, it's it's no consistency at all in this. I, exactly, and that's that's the crazy thing. But we won't give we don't give much too, too hey, much more thought because I, I just thought it was funny. I don't think about it. Uh, he's probably on there. I, I don't like, know. I feel, it's, I feel it's like a, they put Danny Glover like eighty five. Uh, actually, I think I did remember seeing. I Danny just remember seeing Young Thug on there, but I can't remember. Ah, I went Danny Glover. I can't remember what song it was. That was a that was a Vince Stable song on there, and it was like one of my least favorite Vince oh, Stable well, songs. Hey, I think no, it was no, no, yeah, well, I was Senorita. Hey, or wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Senorita went crazy though. But if I'm putting her on the list, <laughs> I, think I, put, I don't think I put Senorita on the list. But it was top fifty. It was like a top fifty song this decade. Well, then like, now what? I know the criteria for it because they rock. They rock with Vince Staples. They've done interviews and stuff like that. Yeah, it's facts. Yeah. No, 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 no. I get it, but Senorita, that's that's what that's what got me. But like I said, don't we, don't want to put too much stock into this because it's it's a subjective. It's a subjective. It's a subjective. We, need more we know. Lists. We, we 
We need more lyrics. We know Pitchfork can listen to. We know Pitchfork don't really listen to like rap, so I can't be too mad about their rap placements. But you okay. know, shout out to Pitchfork. We making top one hundred list. We making people mad. We making top one hundred list. No, we are not. Top two hundred. Like I told, like I told Delano, I'll gladly rank songs within a year or even albums within a year. I'm not going. I'm not doing no damn top fifty. I ain't doing top five songs this decade. I ain't, I ain't even doing that. I ain't touching that. Yeah, I can do it, but I ain't touching it. But let's move on to the next topic. Next, we're going to talk about Zion's arrival. He is currently <laughs> averaging, I think, 25 points, eight rebounds, three assists, and 25 minutes per game. And he's 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 looking like he's going to live up to the height. I ain't going to live up to the height, but he's definitely going to be – he's looking like he could easily run off a rookie of the year. Like, he's looking like he's going to be probably the best rookie in his class easily. And he's probably going to exceed some expectations because I – I think some people were predicting him to average like 18 points per game, but lucky fight can exceed that. What do you, what do you, for those who have actually watched Zion's um, preseason games, what do you guys think? So I watched, um, <laughs> I watched the game that he had against the Bulls, and yeah. the thing that I, the thing that I noticed the most about that game is that he had like 20. He, I think he, he didn't get back in the game after the third quarter. I don't think, and he had 29 on 12 or 13 shooting when he got out. And but they were like down like like I, I want to say like nineteen or something like that, and then yep. the bench got in, and I think I want to say the Bulls put their bench in too, and they and they made a comeback after he got out, and it was I, mm-hmm. I think the team that the team that made the comeback, I mean the lineup that made the comeback was like Nikhil Alexander Walker, yep, my boy, yeah, I want to say Jackson Hayes was out there. It was like it was like it was like guys who aren't going to be starters but are going to pl- probably play a role on the team, but. Yep. The most interesting thing that I got from it is that because you, he has games where he has good stats and they're getting beat like that, but then there are other games where he has good stats and they're winning. So I'm I'm trying to see if him having a good game actually translates to them actually being a good team. Okay, that's fair. But like I said, it's preseason, so we can't gauge that quite yet. Yes, it's true. But true, true, true. And that's why we can't put too much stock into this. The only thing I can, only thing I can take away from this is how he's scoring. And that's probably maybe the most concerning, but not so much the same way. Because he's been scoring mostly off of putbacks, uh, transition dunks. And um, they do like this little windmill, windmill curl where he starts in the corner. And then like he comes, he runs from the corner, then runs to like the, um, to the free throw line. And he passes on the ball and then he dives into the paint with a couple dribble moves. And, you know, and he does, he shows some outlandishly great finishing. What? And, but, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was about to say, like, he's, he's been able to use it. And even it's, a couple, it's like one, two plays where he drives off the perimeter and takes somebody off the dribble, and he's just so fast that he ends up finishing before they can ever stop him. It makes me – I wonder how well that stuff will work in the regular season when people start the game plan for him actually trying to actually, like, boxing him out. And that's the only thing I'm worried about because it doesn't seem like he's that great at creating – for himself. Well, that's 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 his only thing. I don't right think now. that's how well, they're gonna be playing during the season. Um, and not just the overall; uh-huh. it's just the preseason doesn't matter. What I see is the biggest takeaway I have from watching the Pelicans games: they played together so much better than I thought that they were going to play together. Like that offense oh, matches yes. so well with all of these random pieces that just all came from different places. And I think that's the important thing. I think right now they're just more trying to find their role rather than practicing the offense if that makes sense that's all trying to figure out where everybody being in the right spot so i don't think zion is going to be running like you know halfback dives every play 
Well, here's the thing. He mm -hmm. has he has possibly one of the most underrated cores in his system. With with Drew being there and Lonzo being there, who are both both great uh, great passers and their ability to dribble, and they also have an ability to get inside. The only things that I see that Zion needs to be able to do is he's a great dribbler. But at, at times, like you guys said, I think he's just trying to find himself. And you see possessions where he's dribbling off his leg and stuff like that, yeah. um, mm -hmm. where he's trying to adapt that. Uh, he is very undersized for his position. And he also hits the floor mm -hmm. way too much. Um, but I think the, the thing that makes me look at him and go, all right, this dude could be a problem is because all of his problems is stuff that he could work on. It's fixable yeah, stuff. His, it's fixable stuff. Yeah, his, very much his so. shooting ability is subpar, but that's because of his that's because of his form. He shoots a very straight shot. It's it's, it's yeah, so ugly. it's 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 he shoot like a seven rim. foot. Yeah, bro. It's not it's not hitting any it's not hitting backboard. You're gonna get front of the rim or you're gonna get straight into uh, into the basket. There's but his ability to get inside, if he's anywhere near a paint, is, I think, concerning for defenders because they look at him and they're like, oh, this this little motherfucker, he's small. And then they're like, oh, shit, this is a big-ass black dude. Like, like, <laughs> yes. this, is a, this is a big boy. I thought DeMarcus was a big boy, but for six, what, six, 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 five, six, five? This boy is I'm huge. A, I'm gonna give him six six. Actually, you know what? He was six six. Draymond Green six five. That's my bad. So well, and a, and a point I want to. I'll go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, well, the only thing that I was gonna say is like, and like you guys were saying, you know, you look at you look at this core system, and you look at the fact that they have favors. Uh, they have Ingram, who is uh, subpar in a lot of areas, but his ability to create in the in the, in the post is actually a a, a good. Mm -hmm. A good category for him. He's able to create in the post. Everything else is subpar, but he does have Drew and he does have Lonzo. Barring that all of these players uh, stay healthy in the regular season, I could see them actually doing something. Um, mm -hmm. It's just the ability to now you have to put it together. You can't find what you're doing. You have to be able to put it together yeah. because a lot of people keep sleeping on this. Me saying that I like the Jazz, but it's teams like that that everybody keeps sleeping on. That I feel like those those mm -hmm. are going to make the most impact. And I feel like th those yeah. are the teams that he's like, oh, they don't got shit for us. We need to worry about the Lakers and shit like that. But those are the teams that are going to come out there and they're probably going to whoop his ass if they don't get their shit together within the regular season. Yeah. I'm going to say this one quick thing. I, um, I'm going to change what I said about him not being a great for himself. He kind of has a luxury, like you said, of having like two great playmakers in Drew exactly. and Lonzo. The, the Pelicans don't really need him to create his own shot because they don't give him easy looks. Yep. And that's pretty much been the theme of every game. Everything's, everything design has done has, has been easy. Well, I'm going to put this to him. It just looks mm -hmm. so easy. The putbacks, to just driving from the paint and then just finishing at the rim. It all looks so easy for him. It don't really look like he's trying at all, honestly. And that's kind of probably the scary part for for opposing teams is that he's able to just put up 29 in a preseason yep. game. Like a player who's been playing forever without actually trying. And it's, it's going to be – there's some I see some hills and challenges he's going to meet because of his height. 
But ultimately, I think that he's going to find a way around it because he's just that damn talented. Well, and I think he plays a lot bigger than he is, too. Like, with, yes, his, jump, with his weight and his jumping ability, I think even though he's 6'6", he can probably feel like he's almost seven feet tall the way he plays sometimes. Now, with that being said, I'm worried about his long-term yeah. health. Yeah. To go up, it's like, what? How much? It said he weighs like 280. Yeah, he's 285. Yeah. You gotta lose a lot of to that. go up is to go up to, to go up from two eighty five, and to come down as hard as he do from explosive dunks. That can't, can't be good for his like legs. Well, it, it, yeah, he can't do it. And he's like really bottom heavy too. He hits the yeah. floor a lot. Pause. Anywho, so, <laughs> so like the thing about Zion, though, the thing that make me happy, Alvin Gentry is not running that offense through Zion, at least not in the first game. Uh, That's what I look for. That's what I love, and that's what's going to contribute to his health and long, long term in the game. Now, that first dunk when he kind of came down, like you know, he came down a little. That first time he yammed on whoever it was in that first game, oh, like, that was unnecessary. Zion. It's a preseason, and they came yeah. back down like two minutes later, hit another dunk. I'm like Zion, like it, it, it just lay. We give it a month, give, <laughs> give it a month, give yeah. it a layup. But yeah, so Alvin Gentry is doing his part in working towards Zion's long-term health. Zion's just going to have to learn, like, the quarterback got to slide sometimes. Yep. It's time for Who's Wilding, where Core gives us somebody who has been wilding to the max this week. So, Core, who you got for us this week? Man, for this week, I have none other than a double-header. Two hip-hop media person. Yeah, two hip-hop media personalities. Who are generally hated by the hip-hop media. DJ Academics and Yes, Jude. Apparently, while I was out trying to make a living for myself, these two people had their own little steel cage match. About what? Not an important album, not a project was the best project of the year. Nothing really just physical impact with culture, but a documentary. What documentary, I might add? A Takashi 69 documentary. It's not on HBO, BT, Showtime. Use none of this. It's a documentary on Snapchat. I don't have an issue with Snapchat, but I just didn't feel like it was important enough of a topic for two people to debate over. And apparently, yes, Zeus was upset that had a documentary on Snapchat. And I don't know if he was having a tough day. I don't know <laughs> if he was just fed up with people sneak dissing him in the pot, him in the documentary. But he just unleashed all the fury that he had been holding in for the past two years and went on a full on furious rampage against Yes Juice. I thought he was um hat. I don't keep it real with you. I did too. Because like, it was like when you said that, I was like, oh, okay, I'm gonna go to hack him. Then I just kept seeing it. I seen the paragraph. I said, nah, that's at he's in the paragraph. And so my issue <laughs> is that she brought somebody asked her a question, answered it. Then when he said chill, she doubled down. Then when he went on the rampage, Yes Juice does what Yes Juice usually does. She says something that's a little spicy. Everybody be like, ah, oh, chill, that's spicy. She doubled down on it. Then when somebody called her out for it, she got to hit her with the white woman routine. Oh, I did like peace and positivity, y'all vibes. And y'all know I don't mean nothing in this type of way. I'm just being myself. They call it a day. But my issue with Ack is why you gotta post a porn hub link, fam? Like, 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 if you got, like, 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 this, this is my own media personalities, they argue all the time. I just seen him go up with Ebro and all these people. 
put come off and the Pornhub link. I was like, <laughs> like, oh, like, oh, you, like, oh, like, I think yes, you put herself in a lot of situations. But the one thing she didn't told us is that she was really hurt when that video got leaked. And so to bring that up is really, really foul to me. Cool. I I thought it, it was extra I'm actually surprised y'all are taking the academic side. Okay, hold on. Quick question. What exactly did she say about... First of all, wait, let me back up. First and foremost, so the academics made a, a Takashi 6 9 documentary on Snapchat? Yeah, like, I, I don't know if it's on Snapchat, but Snapchat is sponsoring. But apparently, okay. like, a lot of media people, they kind of upset about it. So he was just looking at it like, yeah, because I think he ended it. He was like, if you or anybody else got something to say about my documentary, he like, like, you pretty much like holler at me, and I think he was like 50 cent doing the movie. Y'all ain't said nothing about him. So I, I'm guessing, I guess, I'm guessing this has been brewing for a while, and a lot of people have said about it. Okay, and then next, what I mean, but what does he expect? Like, people don't like 6 people nine, don't like, like 6 people don't like him. So I, but then he's trying to say, exactly, but, yeah, like, like you knew, you knew this was gonna I happen. Mean, people, I mean, some people thought that the, the, the 50 cent shit is wild, granted. I don't think, a, like, whores of people are probably not going at 50 Cent because it's 50 Cent, and, and 50 Cent will go back after yeah, you. Exactly. I guess it's kind of important. Yeah, exactly. for, honestly, I think it was important for academics to stand up for himself because he shouldn't have to take shit from anybody, in all honesty. But to go as far mm-hmm. as he did with, like, it's you know... over the top. Yeah, it was over the I'm top. Gonna say this, I'm going to say, like, 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 when Ebro got into it, I was like, all right, man, if that's how you feel, you got Ebro standing your name, go for it. If he would have been when this happened to you, yeah, you know, like, if he would have did I was like, come on, man, she, she. <laughs> So, I mean, but it's like, it's a, like, you sending porn on your Twitter account. It's not, actually, I can't even call it porn. It's like a leak six state that she was like, hey, y'all, it's really hurt me. I was in a dark place. Can y'all leave? Brought it down. Like, come on. That's how I Delon, I got a question for you. What's that? Did you bookmark the tweet? Did I bookmark the tweet? <laughs> Which tweet? <laughs> <laughs> You know which one. Or the one. Oh. You know which one. The thumbnail oh, to the porn, man. Motion. The thumbnail to the porn. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Let's get into it. <laughs> the link to I already have the Reddit link in my uh, notes. In my... So, yeah, I, that wasn't new news. That wasn't new news over here. Y'all know to protect that stories at all costs. Come on now. Oh, it's, just, it's funny because like someone tweeted Yes Jules, uh, talked about the situation, and all Yes Jules said was clown. <laughs> and then it sparked off an eight tweet thread from at now she he had got like, back he, like he really yes, did a movie but on eight it. tweets like golly that's crazy that's you know security why? if and i ever and, seen it and you, you want to know why you want to know why because it's exactly mm-hmm. who it was other than the fact that he might have been drunk it's exactly who it was he was definitely drunk you you, are, you you have to if you're a bitch you gotta go to war with bitches because guess what? <laughs> if, 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 it was, if, if it was Vic Mensa, you wouldn't have heard shit from Act. We still haven't. Well, actually, you know what? He I did. My way. I don't know, fam. He used to be on Twitter and a lot of stuff, but I couldn't respect because it was after. And he was, yeah, also, he was also sleeping in his mom's basement and not going to sets where people could find him. Because Casanova was just on, <laughs> it was just that everyday struggle the other day and they were playing best friends. Yeah, next thing about act like I, I agree exactly what Bobby is saying. He he went at her like that because he knew she was an easy target and she he knew nobody was going to defend her. That's that's the that's the bottom line. And that was it. That was it. It's yes, Jules. She's white. She's uh, she's known for saying outlandish shit, and she's a female. Yeah. If he would have went to if he would have went to went to war with Azalea Banks, nobody would have cared. They would have been like, oh, well, fuck Azalea Banks and fuck act. 
but but the fact that it's even yes jules it gives ak the leverage to even make one thing yes it gives it, it, it a double down exactly so so for him he, to do that he maxed out on it basically if you would have seen like when i did when i did the first even kill episode like i was literally i watched all of that interaction between him and Wayno, who's the co-host of Everyday Struggle, and he's just talking about six nine, and it's just like, you, you, the biggest bitches that I've ever heard in my life. You <laughs> might be one, of, like so one passionate. of the softest people that I've ever heard in my life. And then to see Speak him on go it. on, he he goes on an eight tweet rant and niggas could suck my dick and fuck you and fuck them and da 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 and then you're bringing 50 Cent in it, which is possibly a bad idea. Definitely. Technically, because 50 can flip the script. Yeah. And I also, and also, you ain't doing a move with 50, you don't move by yourself. So his situation ain't your situation. And if you ain't making money with 50, you the odds. Not, not, not to mention it, um, just Jules technically could get his Twitter wiped and could press charges against him yeah. for posting yeah, exactly. that, that video. She could do, she could go the whole nine yards. So. That not smart on Axe part. He was, you know. Better call one of her black friends. I can't. I can't remember one of her boyfriends. You hilarious. I can't. <laughs> I, can't remember, I can't remember who said it. Oh, actually, actually, I do. Famous words from a very wise man, Antonio Brown. Stop being. Stop being emotional yeah, on the internet. Yeah. Stop being emotional on the internet. But I'm gonna say this though. Thomas. Wise word from wise really, word from wise man. I really feel like. I'm gonna say I feel like it's a lose lose situation because in my personal opinion, they both in the same position. But everybody in the industry look both like they look at both of them like they clowns. So I look at it this way. If y'all got an issue with each other, call each other in person. I mean, like at this point, they could have just collab because when you beef with each other, nobody gonna take your side, nobody gonna take her side. So what did either one of you gain? Now you might lose an endorsement deal because of what you said. You might but, lose a documentary because of what you said. But here's the thing. Do we give Yes Jules, who has a past of being ignorant and dumb as shit, do we give her props for standing against a snitch? Uh, I don't give me out. I really don't give nah. her any props. Because like I said, oh, oh, oh. in the same way that um, the, she's an easy target, acts an easy target, and just taking shots at academics, I don't really ever get anybody props for that. I knew, I knew, I'm look, I'll put it this way they both look like Wale. They both look like Wale. Emotional. Like, it's one, he's super emotional, and it don't make sense to me because both get zoos and act their biggest arguments against people that don't like them is why do y'all have an emotional response to whatever I do? Yeah, I know. And I they both seen, have an emotional response. I never seen nobody that rich. I mean, I, I, I give it to Act because. I mean, yeah, and, and that's great. Like, They're super he, successful. Yeah, he hangs, and he hangs around soft ass people and he is a soft ass person and i think act tries to try uh, tries to be a, mer a media personality and tries to get his little note off and shit like that uh yes jules i don't know what the fuck she does does she make music does she make porn or does she dance what's that okay wait okay wait we are not about to attack this nice we're gonna put some respect on yes jules name she is influencer, but you know what? Oh, they both are that both of them are great at what they do. And you know, Yezu, she get the shows together, she get the rappers to come to perform. You know, I, I'm gonna say that they both good at what they do. I just think they do a horrible job at managing hate. 
Yeah. And, and, and I'm gonna say, and when you run your own brand, you can do and say whatever you want, but in the end, you hurt your own brand every time you respond. So I don't say this often, but shout out to Takashi Six Nine for giving us all this great A content. <laughs> I can't stand. I can't. It's big facts. I can't stand to do, but this documentary and that movie is gonna be fire. But and let's I can't go wait on to, to see both of them. Big fact. I actually am gonna tune into both. I ain't gonna lie. But let me tune in. So let's move on to the next topic. Many believe that the centers in the league were obsolete. They believe that they, you, they couldn't really be the star of your team. They get played off the court. But there, of course, there are some new budding big man stars that are changing that narrative with Giannis. Um, Anthony Davis has been splendid. For, you know, he's been spectacular for years. Um, then there's, of course, the rising star of Embiid and Joe Kick, who were first team and second team All-NBA this past season. Porzingis. So, also, I can't – Porzingis is back, and I cannot forget about Cat, who's yeah, been hosting. He's yeah, he's about to post historic shooting numbers as a big man. So I have to ask you guys this. What big man would you want to be the number one guy on your championship team? And I'm going to start with Bobby, who's a fan of the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> Easily. Uh, I go I go cat, but then wow. I got to go. I, I go cat, I go, I go and then I go Nicola because Nicola is, he's very, he's a very big dude. Um, yeah, he's always not like this kid. He, he he showed me this season that um he could do many great things, but when it comes mm-hmm. down to it, he gasses out like every big bitch in the fucking league right now. So Marcus Cousins, <laughs> boy, Joel, Joel, right. Joel, Joel, <laughs> Joel Embiid, and it's your team. <laughs> yes. Listen, we went four overtimes, bitch. You better work on your Gatorade. Somebody should have crushed up a steroid or something like that because he gassed out like nobody's business. Um, and I look at the I look at the beautiful shooting ability of Cat and his way of moving and stuff like that. Um, I, I I think that Cat is one of the uh, he's one of the more notable big men, but I think that people discredit him due to not only his team, um, but due to his past with. You know, we could talk about injury or we could talk about certain play and, um, you know, even his own ability to make exactly his own ability to make himself obsolete. And it's it's really the whole Jimmy Butler thing that makes a lot of people look at him differently. And that's crazy because it's off court. It's it's really the off court thing that makes people look at differently. He's a bitch. And and let's not forget the infamous meme with him not being able to post up on Man, that haunts my dreams. (laughs) But it's Boogie. It's a bad look, though. It's a, it's a big look. dude. Boogie is a big ass body. I ain't gonna stunt. I Not anymore, though. He's real skinny. I just, but, yeah, uh, no. I just, I feel like, I feel like, blow it. I, I feel like, I feel like he, you know, his his ability to do multiple things and his ability to sustain um, is a lot better than every other big man in the league. Um, you know, uh, I think we do a good job of rotation as far as the Denver Nuggets go. So you don't really see Nicola get hurt as much, but I do feel like there's there's much work to be done. Um, mm-hmm. He's so Self-wise. yeah, he's so small. Uh, he's a bigger guy. He gasses out a lot, and um, he's he's not really strong. His ability to dribble and his ability to pass kind of makes you look at his 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 uh, his height, and you know that kind of cancels out all of that. But I think in order to talk about like legitimate big men, you have to talk about height, you have to talk about ability to be inside, and you have to talk about all around game. 
Uh, the people that are going to last the most to me is that if Cat can stay healthy, he's going to la last the longest. But on the road that Nicola is on right now, as long as he could slim down and as long as he is not as heavy footed as he is right now, I would give it three more seasons or two more and I'll put him above everybody. Hey, so Cam, I feel like you gonna have a polar opposite. Oh ass. man, I've been waiting on you to ask me this. So, first thing, <laughs> not gonna lie, never heard anybody call Jokic Nikola before. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I after after you sent this prompt, I broke it down into three categories. So the okay. first one I'm gonna go with is if we're living in a perfect world. If we're living in a perfect world, I'm gonna take Joel Embiid, and that's some, simply because going off of his health. If he could stay healthy. I'm taking Embiid every day because he can control the game on both ends of the court. And he yeah. can completely dominate on both ends of the court. So I'm taking Embiid there. If we're not living in the perfect world and we're living presently, I'm going to take Jokic simply because he can kind of do everything on the offensive end. He can facilitate. He can defend when he feels like it. Uh, uh, but he, I would definitely take Jokic if I'm picking a team right now to try to win a championship. Now, if we're moving forward and I'm saying, what big man do you want for the next 10 seasons? I'm going with the home team, DeAndre Ayton. Now, I'm going to tell y'all this. He averaged 16 and 10 last year, something that's only been done, I think, okay. four times. And that was okay. and that was Cat, Shaq, uh, David Robertson, Tim, I think. Or oh, maybe Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think yeah, Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan, Shaq, uh, Cat, and then Aiden. So uh, I'm going to take him not because – I'm going to take him solely off of projection if we say for the next 10 years because he can he can do it all. He can defend. How that feels. And he can – and he can – and he say he's going to definitely take more threes this season. So – uh, so what you're saying? Any he took. He took. What I think he took four last season, and he, and he didn't make Aiden. any. You want Aiden because you think he's going to turn into cat. I want Aiden because I think he can be better than cat. <laughs> you say he's he was sixty and ten. You know who else did that? Cat. He's going to start taking more things. Like you know who? Cat. Yeah, okay. well just uh, take cat. Quick question: Have any of y'all ever watched Uncle Grandpa, the TV show? I briefly, not, but then it was a weird concept to me, and I was like, okay. I'm about to say, Aiden makes me think of a black Uncle Grandpa in the way he, his face. I, I don't know. That's just me. Uncle <laughs> Grandpa ugly. Exactly. I, I, exactly. I hope y'all saw that coming. <laughs> Listen, okay. Well, let me ask y'all a question about y'all's big men selections. What did they shoot from the three-point line last season? Mm. <laughs> you know what? Carl Anthony Towns shot? Mine went to the playoffs. Yeah. Well, who's your score? You, I'm, I'm assuming Joel. Yep. I can't blame you. I'm gonna, <laughs> yep. I'm gonna say what I've been as a KU fan. I've been a big supporter of Embiid from the moment he touched the court and the moment he got into the NBA. Well, have but I, I am. But as somebody who has dealt with injury prone big man and his um his franchise history, I just wow. I'm so skeptical. This, I, this I what we doing? This is exactly what we doing, Court. I'm very wow. skeptical. I, also, I'm gonna take a time out. To, to enjoy this diverse group of NBA fans because we got two Clipper fans here. We have a Suns fan, a Timberwolves fan, and a Nuggets fan. I feel like this, I feel like this is the beginning of a bar joke. You so know. Fan. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, 
so I think he is. I do believe in the Beast Bills to take over both sides of the court. He averaged 28 points last season. He can, he can get you 12, 13 rebounds, and he can block two or three shots in a game. Yeah. I, Phenomenal player. Yeah, I was he looking, just can't. I'll go ahead. I'm sorry. But, but, but I say, like, he was halfway dead in that Toronto series yeah. where he had the flu one he had the flu one day. Nigga had pancreatitis the next day. He had the bubonic oh. plate on Thursday. <laughs> game six, he was completely healthy and just went off. And then game seven, he was um, – yeah, pneumonia. So I just, I don't well, understand. He would eat Taco Bell and be like that sometimes. Y'all know this. <laughs> when, you, when you eat Taco Bell, it's like that all the time. That nigga need to wash his hands after he goes to the bathroom. That's <laughs> oh, all. God. Oh, God. So I'm just I saying can't... that African heat needs to, uh, it needs to come into play. He needs to go back and go back to his his home. Train the motherland. Yeah, Go back to your home country. <laughs> listen. So casual. Trump 2020. Listen. It's fine, pause. You know, but, you know, do we, can we say pause in that instance? Too? I don't know. I, I guess so. But this take was sponsored know. by Mark Cuban. <laughs> <laughs> for me, for me, yeah, Donald Sterling la- laughing at this somewhere. Um, for me, for me, you know what I'm saying. He needs to go get his uh his Creed two training on. Where you know we saw Creed, and we saw Adonis get into the desert lands and. And start focusing in more because every time I see this dude in the playoffs, he he dies out on me, man. He dies out. Well, to Embiid's shout out to Westbrook. <laughs> <laughs> and the tennis shot too. Hey, to his um to his own credit though, Embiid says he's lost twenty to thirty pounds this offseason. So hopefully he's in the best shape in mm. life. But that's what they, but that's what everybody says in the preseason. I'm in the best shape in my life. But they still look fat. So, so we're gonna kale wait. for two weeks talking about some. I lost thirty pounds. All right, I was waiting for. I was. I was really waiting on no Jamar Cousin actually lost weight. I was waiting on Jokey to say he was in the best shape of his life. I was waiting for him to tweet that. I was waiting for him to say it so I could tweet about it, but he didn't. So I'm glad he didn't lie. Glad he kept it honest with us. Husky boys. Uh, if I had to pick, so like I said I probably wouldn't pick a bead. I probably pick. I might take Giannis if we count him as a big man. If not Giannis, I probably take um Jokey. I, I find it I find it interesting that nobody said AD. Cause AD, because no. for the forty for the reason. You saw the news today. You saw the news today, didn't you? <laughs> I did. AD I did. is hurt. He's all. He's just always hurt. Like I told Laker fans that the <laughs> niggas thought I was hating. I'm like that nigga just get hurt randomly, and it's never because hated. he's a hot bitch. And it's not like he tears his ACL. <laughs> he's no play- <laughs> it's not like he. It's not like he tears. His AC- it's not like he tears his ACL or he. Uh, or he, uh, you know, has a herniated disc, or you know, he need back surgery. And then they can just get random weird ass injuries. They put him out for like a month, and then he'll play for like twenty yeah. games, and he'll have another random ass injury. And then, well, and that's not backshots from them trainees. Hey, wait, You got the white on the team oh, now. Man. Y'all really think that he's not enjoying the leg? Like, hold, hold on, now that he's over in LA. Hold on, pause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pause, pause, pause. Times ten. Did y'all see when uh, Dwight Howard jumped out of his pants? I saw it. Yes. I got sad. It's the nightlight. It's the nightlight. My man got braids. He don't know what to do now. He look like Juwan Man. Yeah. All right. So back back to the point of hand. AD's superb talent. He just gets hurt a lot, and that's the same reason why I didn't want to pick um and B because he gets hurt a lot. But if I had to take into if I didn't take entry into account, I'd take Embiid because I feel like he's a more dominant force on both ends than AD. And if I did have to take injuries into account, I wouldn't pick AD or Embiid. I'd take Joe. I'd um, take Jokic. 
because he's like a quarterback of the NBA. Nigga, nigga was like niggas a damn seven foot center was averaging like eight to nine assists in the playoffs. Like that's that's ridiculous, and I don't think enough yeah, people talk about it. Well, and, and Jordan, one thing I want to ask you: since you chose Giannis, do you feel like do you feel comfortable? Would you feel comfortable playing him at the five position? <laughs> I'm be honest with you, yeah, because I haven't really just seen him t- get bullied in the post. I mean, to my knowledge, I mean, it could have happened because you know I don't watch all 82 Buck games. Okay, I watch my Clippers instead. But Who does from the games, but I do that. But uh, <laughs> from uh, watching the books, I've never really seen Giannis get worked in the post. I think I, he'd be fine playing the five. I think, I think he's, it's, he's, he's a really strong dude, man. Yeah, his his and his dribbling ability, his ability to take it coast to coast, he could come from a wing and then take it inside. And it's just like, once you have somebody with that dribbling ability to just be able to get inside like that, all they need is a spin move. And that's what he does. He goes, hey. he goes from a spin move into a dunk. And the dude's like 24, 25, the same thing. A crazy thing is all these players are very young. Like, yeah. From Joe Kick and B... Like all of them guys, are like twenty six and under, like they're really, really yeah. young. But yeah. all right, so I only got one topic left. I want to talk to you guys about Travis Scott new single. Who has heard it? I know I've heard it. Highest in our room. Yeah, I, I heard it. Have. So you have Court. Have you heard Travis Scott's new single? Yeah, according here. I ain't even want to touch. I ain't even, you. I ain't even want to touch him. I'm gonna say this, bird. I was hyping Travis Scott up to take ASAP Rocky all year and get turned into ASAP Rocky. Now, see, that's, that's funny because I was actually going to bring that up. But I'm going to say this. I think it's a miss. I think the vast majority of people find it as a miss. Uh, but, no, it's just a single. So, you know, maybe you shouldn't panic. But one thing I can say about Travis Scott and his sound is, or to somebody on Twitter, I can't remember exactly who said it. But, uh, actually, it was Dr. Sweets. I think I think it was, I think that's who said it. He said that Travis Scott is becoming a prisoner of his own sound. And I have to say, I agree 100%. It sounds... All right, it's, it's, it's like he creates the sound for a song, and then he goes in there and he just... I almost said the whole Scott song was like a, sound like a Travis Scott song, but I don't really care about what Travis Scott is doing on the song. But here's the thing. If he, if he, was, if he did a rebrand and tried to go... Uh, I don't know, like the designer route where designer for a little bit, he was doing the the crazy yelling shit and then all of a sudden he tried to get lyrical yeah he sounded like he sounded exactly like future and we were just like yeah we don't want to hear this shit yeah um what what do we like do we think that it, maybe it's a it's a it's a hit if he does that because what the baby did was he was able to keep his style and he was able to you know with intro he was able to actually spit some bars and we looked at it and we were like damn this is actually pretty hard yeah, I don't know. I don't know if maybe that was just a sentimental part of me, and yeah. the fact the fact that I love the South. But yeah, you know, I I don't know if, if if Travis Scott was able to do a rebrand, will we all look at it and be like, all right, well maybe this works? Well, see, I, Travis Scott, I feel like can have that range. I remember uh, one of my favorite songs on uh, Astro was actually was it Cocoa Bean? I think it's the name of the song, like the last song. He was actually mm-hmm. was, he actually was a tad bit <coughs> introspective on there, but that's not what we that's not what actually what we come to Travis Scott for. We come to Travis Scott for, but you know, Rager, um, you know, yeah. you know, Pit, Moss Pit type music. Song, but the problem is though that it seems like more so now that the songs don't they take it on their own life. Like this is just like yeah. I, I just sound like a Travis Scott song, but I don't care about Travis Scott 
owned the song. I think more so now he's doing music for visuals rather than doing it for the actual effect of, of right. mu- music. Because if you look at the Ed Sheeran uh, feature, I like I like the the video more than I actually like the song, and I'll yeah. I'll, I'll the video fire. Yeah, but the videos have been fire. Highest of the Rooms video was a little bit weird, but I like the I like the visuals for it. It's just like now I feel like he's he's in a he's in a space where, you know, he's trying to be content creator more than he's trying to be artist, and I think he needs to stick it back into his lane. Yeah, because that's right now it's like oh, so Dylan, do you have a take on this? Um, I think the Travis Scott's problem is well. First off, I don't think this song was necessarily bad. Um, I think, yeah, I think last thirty seconds was very hyped up. Like people were like, "Ah, it's out of body experience." That's just some sense. But you know, other than that, I think with Travis's last album, he officially became an album artist to me, where I wasn't really checking for the singles. I think that his music sounds better within the context of an album. Well, as of last year, um, this won't hit but when not squeezed in between 13 other songs so i feel like this felt more like a you know leftover from astro world than like the new thing going forward but i'm still excited for an album from travis all i'm gonna say is lebron was listening to the song as an instagram story take it how you want it no man yeah no we're doing this we're doing this good league (laughs) Nah, man, Bert, nah, man, Bert, so he's a hip-hop historian. His only work with bad songs and projects, you know? All right, so that's all I got. We've ran pretty long today. I think it's going to be a pretty long episode. You guys got any closing thoughts? Uh, stream Queen. Uh, Travis Scott, stop, please. Stop. Oh, yeah. If uh, some, for, some free promo. If y'all haven't seen Joker, go see you. Definitely gotta do that. Oh, uh, yeah, I gotta I gotta go see that. Definitely gotta do that. Uh, I didn't see them give us ad money. Jordan, they put that in the group chat. Oh, <laughs> uh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. No, we front nobody. Yeah, wow. Y'all know what y'all know what y'all need to go see. Popular demand. Hey, uh, uh, uh-huh. also, Listen. you can stream, you can stream, um, New Faces podcast and all your streaming services. You can stream hey, even kill podcast and all your hey, streaming man. services. I you think know. I'm not really sure. You know. Uh, we working on it. We working on it. Spotify, go see us on Spotify. Go see us on a beautiful anchor. You know what I'm saying? All right. Yeah. yeah pre- again, Bobby. Big facts. <laughs> I'm has to be fire. I can see it already. But yes, thank sir. you, uh, Bobby, for joining us today. Listen, it's been a pleasure. Let me just say. Let me just say it was beautiful to sit with my niggas. And, uh, <laughs> Yo, it's also beautiful because y'all have killed the uh, the down south stereotype because my mom follows that stereotypical, shout out to the ninth ward, but uh, hey. my mom follows that stereotypical. Oh. She substitutes anything that has to be S S T with an S C. So she says, she says the screen. <laughs> The screen, and then I ask her to say screen door, and she says the screen door. So you know, hey, 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 Bobby Delon, hey, Bobby Delon, stop talking about my family, fam. Listen, I know, but you know, this man never had a screw before. It's good, it's good to see some people. It's good to see some. You see, now, now we reach into my mom's bag. It's good to have that deja vu. You know what I'm saying? My culture is not your Halloween costume, Bobby. 
Hey, tell them niggas. <laughs> hey, and tell them niggas up north that we wear, we do wear shoes in Mississippi. I don't know where that damn rumor came from. <laughs> bro, bro, niggas really hey, think hey, that we hey. don't wear shoes now. I don't wear shoes. <laughs> yeah, right I don't hey man, I'm gonna keep it a buck with y'all. When I stayed in Clark's, I was definitely walking outside. Fam, I was just a little season. Well, listen, hold on. When I, I mean, I walk outside to my car barefoot, but then you know that's about as far as it go. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't do that up north because you can't catch shoes on. Nah, yeah, you definitely might. You might step on the HIV needle in New York. Exactly. Can't really. It's also 90 it's also 90 degrees down there throughout this time. It's snowing up here. It's about this you know what's crazy? Boy, I will tell you what, the low was 68 the other day, and everybody had hoodies on. Exactly. Niggas was, was cold. Exactly. But all right. Thank y'all all for tuning in to another episode of Pop of Demand Podcast. Make sure you tune in next week for another episode Protect of your podcast. Jewels. <laughs> See how the <laughs> end. <laughs> 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 <laughs>